Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I am so excited that you're here listening to the show today. My hope and my prayer is that you find the strength and the comfort in knowing whatever you may be facing in your life right now, that you are not alone. Here on the Amy Williams Show, I'm all about being transparent in my personal struggles, my successes, and I pray that each episode brings you the motivation to keep moving forward. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams. And I am super pumped about this four-part series that is dropping today. And it is, um, this is a series, so it's a little different. All the episodes we've released so far are episodic, which means you can listen to them in any order. Uh, With a series, you're going to want to listen to them in order. So part one, part two, part three, and part four. It is one conversation that we had that um, we ended up splitting into four parts so we can talk about each subject better and continue that conversation later on, but also so that way you can listen and know where you've left off and want to come back. So uh, I really hope that you hang on and and get through this one when you're done to go to two, three, and four. And what would be really helpful is if this is something that you've really enjoyed, please share this on your social media um, which from whatever app you're using to listen to a podcast. So I, we really appreciate it. And, um, we really want to help as many people as we can. So, all right, here is, I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Amy Williams show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and I have an extra special guest for you today. He is the CEO of Culture Creative and the co-founding pastor of Multi-Ethnic Community Tribes Church, which is also my church that I attend. And uh, welcome, Pastor Julian Newman. Hey, thank you so much, Amy, for allowing me to be on the show. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited that... uh, I get your time. I feel like you're you're a busy man doing everything you're doing. Well, this is um this is a this is great. You know, I know that the podcast launched not so long ago, and you've had some extraordinary guests, and uh, you've been you know sharing some uh you know some knowledge, dropping knowledge, and kicking the science. You know, for the for those people that are into old school hip hop, but um, I'm just excited to be here, and uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Yes. All right. So we are going to be talking about a, not really a range of topics, Yes. but kind of a wide range of one topic. Yep. So we're going to be talking about race and cultural differences. And um, I feel like you are so easy to talk to about it because we have talked a lot like prior to sitting down today. So I'm excited that you get to share like everything that you know. Well, not everything. But a lot of what you know. And um, so why don't we start by just um, doing a little background about you. You used to live in California and now you're here in Michigan with us. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm originally from California, like you said. And, um, you know, I moved to the Midwest uh, years ago. And uh, aside from, you know, the huge weather, um, it's, you know, significantly different from a weather standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Living... Uh, in the Midwest and the snow and the cold and the polar vortexes and things of that nature um, than the West Coast. But one of the things, in addition to that, um, just the um, racial 
um, climate was very different than mm-hmm. what I was raised with. Um, you know, I've got an interesting um, backstory in the sense that, you know, my father is from the segregated South. Um, he grew up in Mobile, Alabama as a kid in, in the 1970s. Um, his family moved um, to California uh, because of just job opportunities and things of that nature. Um, uh, there have t- been times where I've thought of my family um, as a part of the, you know, the great migration. Um, and, and, and that's somewhat true for them, but the great migration for those that aren't familiar with that term is where African-Americans move from the South um, because of racism and other things mm-hmm. um, and found themselves other places in the country. But um, so my father's side of the family is from um, in the South. You know, my mom's side of the family is in, from New Orleans and Louisiana. And so they were high school sweethearts. Um, and they named me uh, Julian um, after the civil rights attorney, the late Julian Bond from um, uh, Atlanta. And so, um, you know, maybe at the very beginning of my journey, um, you know, this conversation was already being, you know, bred in me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was the, we were the first African-American family um, at a church um, in California growing up. And I was, um, I played baby Jesus um, in a predominantly uh, white church, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, 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 before I even knew about this whole discussion in terms of faith and race and culture and community and family, I was already in the mix, you know, so I've been this thing for a while, even before I, I didn't know it. And so um, I said we moved to the Midwest and um, it was a completely different deal for me and for my daughters and for the family. And I, I began to recognize and see that my daughters um, that are now, you know, much older, but they're experiencing real racism. And so for me, racism was um, it was. Uh, historical, it was um, episodic, um, and it was um, it was regional. It was you know geographic, and so it, it was in the South. It was a long time ago, and every once in a while you dealt with it, but for the most part everything was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until moving to you know the Midwest, West Michigan, that I began to see that that wasn't the case. It wasn't historical. Um, it wasn't geographic. And it wasn't episodic. It was it was in my face on a regular basis, um, and uh, it was you know it was alive and well. Real life. Real life. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of give you you know um, a little bit of background, and so my daughter when she was in elementary school, she was probably in the first or second grade at the time, and she um, you know got letters in her locker um, saying you know go back to Africa, we don't want you here. And so, um, you know, there was issues with students, with teachers, with administrators, and I just couldn't believe it. And so um, I got into the work in terms of diversity and inclusion in the marketplace, as well as in the faith space, um, really as a result of my daughters, um, you know, becoming the catalyst. Uh, so before yeah. you before you yeah. go too far, mm-hmm. you have four daughters. I do. And they are how old? Um, they are 22, um, 20, 16, 
and almost six. We'll be six in a couple of months. So surprise, um, you know, <laughs> six years old almost. Yeah. You got a bonus. Yeah, bonus. She's <laughs> she's, she's amazing bonus. Um, but yes, yeah, lots of lots of estrogen, um, lots of femininity. Lots of opinions about what dad is wearing or not wearing and what he needs to be doing. So I have I have um, some I have some life coaches mm-hmm. um, that I didn't ask for. Though they're free. I'm very ex- they're, yeah, they're free life free coaches. Life coaches. Well, you did have to pay a lot. Well, yeah. there you go. There you go. Life coaches that that I am paying for on a variety of levels, just not in the way that I right. uh, life coaches generally get paid. Right. Exactly. All right, so I didn't I didn't want to cut you off there, but I yeah. feel like I know I I know you have four daughters. Yep. But so then when you're so you switch their schools after Absolutely. that. Yeah. So um, I uh, we moved from the Midwest back to California, where I pastored a church for about six years, and so I did that, um, and then um, I I felt like God was calling me um, back. Um, to West Michigan to really, um, you know, lean into this conversation, um, not just in our community, but in a larger sense, because, um, you know, West Michigan has a lot of extraordinary things and you and I both know that, but in terms of religion and racism and uh, some of those things that are happening, you know, we got some, we got some ways to go. Um, we, we, you know, our community is on the, uh, we're in the top five, um, ranking for some of the worst places, uh, in the country, as far as African-American, um, uh, entrepreneurship and, and opportunity. Um, and, and so, uh, we are also recently, um, on one of the top five in terms of, uh, the most depressing spaces and cities, uh, United States. And so. Um, you know, we're right there now. That's so sad. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but but here, the flip side of it is we've also been ranked um, high in relation to place to raise your family. Mm-hmm. And so the question that you can ask when we're on these different rankings is, you know, what families are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there is um, significant disparity in relation to the different journeys that people have, depending on your, you know, your culture and color. Um, and so... Um, some would say that this is the place to get away from. Um, but I also, for me, I feel like this is the place that God has called me to. And so in the midst of the challenges, um, I, I feel like um, this is what God is working in my life um, with my daughters, with my family, with um, with extraordinary people like you and your family and your husband and your children. Um, because I, I just feel like this is, um, you know, this is this is maybe the most important discussion and conversation that's happening on the planet right now in relation Mm -hmm. to how we get along and how we get together, especially in the lane of faith. Yeah. And you had um, a great sermon about that too yesterday. Yes. So um, I will share, is is it only on Facebook? No, no, it's on um, on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So I'll share share that so people can go back and listen to that too, because it was pretty powerful. But, um, I'm I'm glad that you're following what God's calling you yeah. to do because mm-hmm. I know that for us in an interracial marriage, like you have helped us with what you've spoken and taught us and um and what you've done with my husband and just kinda taking him under under your wing. Yeah. And no, we so appreciate it. So mm-hmm. I think if you're in the right space and you're helping mm-hmm. other people then 
keep on going. Thank you very much. No. Thank you. It's cool. It's it's. I, I I guess what I would say, Amy, is one of the reasons why I think this is important is not just not just because if we don't get it right, bad stuff happens. But I, I think that you know I want to give you some you know um, some kudos for for going here because I think it's real easy in um, in you know race, faith, culture, racism, et cetera, et cetera. We don't want to talk about this stuff. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be. Off- I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to be offended. Um, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to. Do- but it's like the things that we don't talk about, the things that we neglect, that we know we need to get after, never get better in our neglect. They always get worse. Yep. And so, it's like, hey, let's go here. You know, um, because by going here, it actually becomes. Uh, we we kind of go into the dark cave, so to speak, and it's just like you know what, we're good. Um, there's a quote um, from one of my um, favorite authors, um, uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, he wrote the hero with a thousand faces, and um, I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna pop in my head in a minute. But well, anyway, we can find it. We can find it. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> but the quote is this. Um, in the cave that you refuse to enter is the treasure that you seek. Mm. And so um, we don't want to go here, mm-hmm. but the thing that we desperately need is community relationship. And it's behind, you know, that door. I think for me, you hit it right on because I, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. I also don't want to sound stupid Yeah. or ignorant or say something. And then everybody's like, Ah, how do you yeah. say that? Like, I don't, I like, that's not my intention. Yeah. And I, this topic does need to be talked about. And I think for, for a lot of people, it's, it's non-existent because they don't have to think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you, that's a privilege that you yeah. don't have to think about it, but it's there. It's real. And I don't know, it's, it's important for me to, I guess, bring not just shed light on it, but to bring action steps that we can take towards healing and towards fixing it. And, and especially when you can bring your faith and bring Jesus into it and say, this is what Jesus has told us to do and go that route instead of, well, I said this, so listen to me. Absolutely. And I feel like there's a lot of that right now. Like, listen to me. And it might not be in this topic, but it could be this is how you start a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and you have 10,000 people telling you how to do it. Yeah. And no, I'm the most important. No, I'm the most important. So I think it's really good that we can go, okay, no, this is what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And this is what heaven is supposed to look like. And we're supposed to have heaven on earth and we're supposed to have love everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think you, you said it very well. Um, we, there's a lot of people that are shouting and not enough people are listening. Mm-hmm. And so a really important part of this conversation is not just to share, but is to take the time to listen. And I think we have to listen with humility. Um, I, I think that none of us are experts in this space. I think all of us are students. Mm-hmm. And if we position ourselves as students, then um, then we're, and we're on this learning journey together, then I think we're okay. So that means that if I'm riding the bike of... Um, diversity, inclusion, understanding, or being a, uh, a mosaic church leader or with a consciousness that understands it's not just about some of us, it's about all of us. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. It's about God's house being a house of prayer for everybody. And so if I understand, if I'm riding the bike of that thing, the first day I get on the bike, I'm not going to ride it well in almost every case. 
And so those of us that have ridden bikes understand that it is a process before you get balanced. And so um, our fear of offense has stopped us from riding it. Mm-hmm. But we have to get on the bike in order to get to where we need to go. Mm-hmm. You, you brought up something. You used the word privilege. And so um, I know you and I have talked about, you know, the whole conversation of privilege. And so, you know, privilege is one of those terms in the current era that if you put white in front of it, people get really upset. Some people get upset. And so when I go and I talk to businesses and organizations and I do talks and whatever um, in the faith space and in the marketplace, you know, I always say that if you get upset when you hear the word white privilege, it means that you don't understand it. And so um, the, the way I like to talk about it is in relation to water. You and I are sitting here having this conversation in your studio and we have, you know, bottles of water here. And um, it, it doesn't feel like a big deal because you and I live in an environment where that's really not. We can go to a store not far from here, get cases of water. We can do different things. Um, you didn't wake up. I didn't wake up thinking, OK, I need to make sure I'm careful about how long I run the shower because of the weather. I mean, the, because of the water. And so um, we as a result of our location and the zip code that we exist within, um, have water privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, If we were in a different place in the world, and I've spent some time in third world countries and places, and you you have as well, um, where water is an issue, Mm -hmm. then you get up different. And so we didn't ask for that privilege. We didn't demand that privilege. We didn't say, if you don't give it to me, then, you know, it's going to, it's bad. what we did was we just enjoyed it, you know, and um, privilege is invisible to those who possess it. And so we don't understand that we're privileged with water, but we are. And so when it comes to the privilege of being um, white in the environment of America in particular, it, it just means that there was a system place put in place many years ago that advantaged some and disadvantaged others and said, if you're a white person, then you have access and you have um, opportunity where if you're not, then there's some barriers there. Mm-hmm. And so um, privilege, when we think about it from that standpoint, doesn't feel like an indictment. It doesn't feel like it's weaponized or it's insult. And, and so another thing about privilege is um, if we look at it from the iconography of um, the, uh, the, the civil rights bus. So, you know, back in the day, um, you know, the bus was, um, uh, you know, it was a symbol of privilege. If you were in the set in the front of the bus, you had privilege. You said in the back of the bus, you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that were at the back of the bus had something that people in front of the bus that de- desperately needed but didn't know that they needed. And it was perspective. Because you sit in the back of the bus, you can see more. And so what we have to do, if we're a privileged person, and I as a man have male privilege as a result of things that are happening in our society. And so as a privileged person, rather than deny the privilege that I have, I need to invest my privilege in the lives of others to empower them in their journeys. Mm -hmm. And so a person who doesn't have privilege has perspective about things that I don't know. So my daughters have had conversation with me about, you know, the privilege that I possess as a man. Hey dad, have you ever thought about this? And the reality is I've never been in a parking lot and I've never thought, you know, it is somebody going to grab me. I never walked down the street in a city, whether it's big, small or in between. And thought, is somebody going to say something to me or cat call me or do something that's inappropriate that's going to make me feel a certain way? Right. 
Th- that's mm-hmm. the fact that that's never happened in my life. The fact that I'm prim- niggling about it because yeah. it's just the thought of somebody doing that is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's never you know happened. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. It's never happened. And so the fact that it's never happened to me mm-hmm. means that I have access and privilege that I didn't know I had that I'm invisible to. So rather than deny I have it, I have to invest it and empower the people that don't. And I think that's important. So now I look at my privilege not as a bane or as an indictment. I look at it as an opportunity. I think that is a great perspective to have. And I, I, I like the, the part where you said it feels weaponized. And I feel like a lot of times, especially social media, that people say white privilege is a trigger word that instantly is like, <clears throat> you know, and everybody gets puffed up so fast. It's like don't have to get so puffed up like instead of getting mad about it learn it or Mm -hmm. see it from a different angle and just you explained it with water you you explaining it with your male privilege like there's so many different things that people just don't understand so um speaking of not understanding i think we're going to go into a few other things one of those things was um I feel like I'm going to batch it. Culture. Was it cultural appropri- appropriation? Appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cultural appropriation. Okay. Let me try it again. So we were going to talk about cultural appropriation yes. mm-hmm. and just what that means and kind of maybe just ex- a quick explanation yeah. of it. Cause there's been a lot of what I've been seeing. And I guess even for me, I'm a little confused about yeah. it. So you can just explain it to me. That'd yeah, be great. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of conversation about cultural appropriation, um, and some people have different perspectives and maybe definitions about it. Um, cultural appropriation is a conversation in terms of taking an aspect of a different culture and using it without celebrating where it's come from. It's it's like um, um, there's a phrase that I heard it says that people just from an African American perspective, but. Um, you know, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Mm. And and mm-hmm. so, you know, you want, um, and I, I don't mean you specifically, but in terms of generally speaking, um, you want my style, you want our, um, our culture, you want our vibe, um, but you don't want to dignify and honor the space and place it came from. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, uh, I mean, we're in a brand new year now, but we had, you know, um, Halloween and, and, you know, that season where people are buying costumes and what have you and whatever. And we've seen over the years, this happens almost every year where we see a Caucasian person in blackface Mm -hmm. um, trying to be, you know, whether it's, you know, Black Panther or whoever, you know, and it's like, you know, in 2019 or later on this year in 2020, we'll say, hey, man, when do we need to tell people it's not cool to put on blackface? Um, or, you know, dress up in a certain cultural garb. Um, I, I think we have to do those things carefully. But, but I think that cultural appropriation in a general sense is me um, dissecting or extricating aspects of culture without dignifying and honoring and being careful about how that is expressed. And so there's been people that have said that this actually we're talking about um, cultural appropriation. I've had people come to me even, you know, last year that said, Hey, um, my, my son loves, you know, black Panther T'Challa. Um, do you mm-hmm. think it's okay for him to dress up, you know, like a Wakandan? And I said, absolutely. 
And the reason why I think it's it's so cool is that we have, you know, heroes, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, we had Spider-Man, Batman and Superman oh, and Wonder Woman. You know what I'm saying? And so to be a hero meant to not only be uh, from Krypton or bit by a radioactive spider or like crazy rich, like, you know, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, it meant to be a white person. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, f- when I think about, you know, white kids dressing up and now a dark skinned superhero, um, you know, from the, the imaginary African country of Wakanda, I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I just told him, I said, just don't put on blackface. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I mean? Wear yeah. the stuff, you yeah. know, Wakanda forever. It's all good. Um, but it's beautiful that we have the opportunity that we can celebrate heroes of all backgrounds and hues. Um, because I think part of having um, opportunity is seeing people that look like you. Mm-hmm. When I first saw Black Panther, I saw these little brown kids that were sitting in the theater. And I've seen Black Panther more than probably anybody um, in the the country. Okay. (laughs) You shall not have it though. (laughs) I in Baku. Um, But anyway, um, one of my viewings in a theater, I saw these little brown kids sitting there. And it kind of choked me up. Because when I was a little boy, I did not have that type of opportunity to be able to see somebody on the screen and look like me. And I thought, man, we're living in a world where that's possible. Mm-hmm. And so representation matters. And I, and I think um, as long as we celebrate, we authenticate, we dignify the culture that we are borrowing or, um, uh, you know, leaning into or learning about, um, I think it's wonderful. And I think we can we can actually do a whole lot with it and not be afraid of it. Well, and I think it depends. Like you can go from one extreme to the other and say, OK, well, Taco Tuesday is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Mexican thing or this or that or, you know, well, if I wear my cowboy boots, that means yeah. I'm racist. Well, no, yeah. I love my cowboy boots and yeah. that has nothing to do with race. It's Absolutely. cowboy boots. Shoes. Yeah. Or, you know, people say you can't wear hoop earrings. Yeah. Like, why can't I wear hoop earrings? I love hoop earrings. Yeah. You know, like, there are certain things to me that I'll just go, huh? Absolutely. You know, and I think some people go maybe too extreme on one end of it and just like. Absolutely. I think. I, I think our motivation, so, so let me just, you know, my motivation, I think the, the uh, a proper motivation for us to have that I want to make sure that I, you know, illustrate and manifest in my life is that I want to build bridges. Mm-hmm. I want to build community. I want us to establish friendships and engagements that says, you know what, you are different than me and I'm different than you. And perhaps you have a different perspective or experience than I do. But when I dignify your humanity... And you dignify mine, then we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a um, scripture, I believe, in Isaiah that says, come, let us reason together. And mm-hmm. so it's like, let's reason together. Mm-hmm. Let's engage in a conversation and let's sit there and say, OK, how do we how do we navigate this in, in, a, in a meaningful way? And so, you know, we throw the word racism around too often. Mm-hmm. You know, racism in terms of clinical definition is is prejudice plus power. And so that means that. Um, if, if I have access and I utilize that access in a way that minimizes 
um, other people, then that is racist. I almost wish that we could have like a degree, you know what I'm saying? Like we have first degree murder, second degree murder, manslaughter, different things. I wish we had that when it comes to the conversation mm -hmm. racism, because everything that's racial is not racist. Right. And so something can be racially insensitive. It doesn't mean I'm a racist. Um, I, I can get something wrong or I can be unaware um, and I can share how that lack of awareness doesn't make me a racist. It might make me ignorant, it might make me lack, uh, not aware, but it doesn't make me a, a bad person. And I, I think if we begin the conversation of trying to build bridges, we begin the conversation in terms of building community. And I'm not trying to demonize you. Um, I'm not trying to minimize you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad or say that you are bad, but I am um believing in your heroic opportunity as an individual on this planet just like i hope that you believe in mine and so when i when we begin from a positive framing um i believe it changed the energy of our conversation so yo you want to rock hoop earrings you know do do what you got to do you know what i'm saying and so hoop earrings with cowboy boots there you go with cowboy boots together. there you go what a, <laughs> what a combination and so um I think that it's important for us to um, see ourselves with a positive expectation. All right. This is where it's cut. I know you want to keep listening. So go from here and go to part two. And if this is something that is speaking to you and that you think other people need to hear, share it, please, on your social media. All right. We'll see you on too. Thank you so much for listening to the Amy Williams show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If that is a yes, please let me know. Find the Amy Williams show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or all three of them. It's a great place to reach out and be a part of an uplifting community. It's full of support, motivation, and encouragement for whatever you might be going through. You'll meet new friends, get great content throughout the week, and not just on Wednesdays. The biggest compliment that you can give to The Amy Williams Show is by subscribing, either on iTunes if you're an iPhone user, or using the Stitcher app uh, if you're an Android user, like me. And uh, the other thing you can do is leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Reviews help get guests on the show and sponsors as well. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And also you can share the episodes uh, on your social media because that helps as well. All right. Thanks again. Go out and have a blessed day.